Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Joy 99.7 FM. Ash Barty with the overhead to win it and there it is Ashley Barty a Grand Slam singles champion for the first time the 115th United States Open champion Jordan Spieth Divock Origi surely has won the Champions League for Liverpool in Madrid 10.89 the Dina Asher-Smith looking lovely and relaxed there. Put down the ground for six by Josh Butler, does he? Oh, he's been caught! Oh, what a catch! Pasana goes off on a whirlwind run of the 30-yard circle. There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. The international break and its World Cup qualifiers finally make way for club football and there's so much to save across Europe this weekend. And there's Minkefa and Barcelona pull one back. And with Madrid on 10 men, Barcelona have numerical advantage. Elijah off the crossbar. Ter Stegen hits it into the back of Trincao. And finally over the top. What a conclusion to a fabulous game of football. Elijah can't believe it. Almost tears in his... Wherever you are, on the surface of the globe, welcome, welcome back. Players turn their attention to club football and seek to feather their domestic agenda across the globe. Arsenal, Liverpool headlined English Premier League this weekend. Chelsea, Manchester United and Manchester City are very keen too. In Spain, there's a local vendetta between Barcelona and Espanyol. Lazio, Juventus, Inter Milan, Napoli are equally befitting game for the return of club football in Italy. We have a preview to all games as well as in Germany and in France. There's boxing two on the menu. Guys choosing to stay inside the pocket, exchange, punch for punch, blow for blow, rock'em, sock'em, robots. Isaac, Royal Stone, Doug Bay! Wow, they went the other way with a majority decision. 
former World Boxing Organization Super Bantamweight Champion Isaac Royal Storm Dugby will make his second ring appearance this year against Puerto Rico's Christopher Diaz in Las Vegas tomorrow. We have a preview later. Also coming up, Lewis Hamilton now has the checker flag in sight for his 101st win. Hamilton, against the odds, has come home to win the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. What a victory for Lewis Hamilton. He's not ready to loosen his grip on that championship trophy. Not just yet. And with three races to go, is it very much game on, back at the top. And we look to see what Sergio Perez is doing. Red Bull's Max Verstappen looking for his first world title holds a 14-point lead as he aims to stop Mercedes Lewis Hamilton winning a record-breaking eighth drivers' championship. Hamilton will have been boosted by winning Sunday's Sao Paulo Grand Prix in Brazil just by two penalties. We're in Qatar for a preview. If you'd like to send us a message, we'll have to read them via social media accounts. Joy slash 997 on Facebook, on WhatsApp 0551-111-997, or you can tweet it as the Joy Sports GH. We'll keep close tabs on the year's ending ATP tour across Europe and preview the big games to come on match day four of the Ghana Premier League. Asante Kotokoa high-flying and across Hartsburg, obviously, are in a deep search for three points. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Addy Jr., and welcome. share of the spoils. Pressure on the Villa goal and the goal drink finishes it off. A red card for Phil Jagielka. Sheffield United hung in, they dug in, they got over the line. Matic with the drive, deflected and saved by Guaita. Barano in here to win it for Crystal Palace. Dean Henderson denies him. A point and enough for the title tilt? Probably not. It's Deli Alley, it's in. It is an own goal. Spurs have not got this away. Matic shot in. This is going to be a reprieve for Spurs. Richarlison scores once again. Dianya! Celebrations cut short. Mount, that is magnificent. Stunning result for Chelsea. Liverpool crashed to five home defeats in a row for the first time in their entire history. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Thanks for staying with us on Preview Friday on Joy 89.7 FM. So much to come in terms of a preview to the weekend sports agenda. I'm George Addy Jr. And of course, we begin with boxing. Guys choosing to stay inside the pocket, exchange, punch for punch, blow for blow, rock them, sock them, robots. Isaac Royal Storm with a majority decision. No. I thank God once again for yet another great opportunity to be on the biggest stage. ESPN, you know, um, top, top rank show, November 20th. I'm going against um, Christopher Diaz. I'm defending my NADF title. Um, you know, this is a big opportunity and this is a very, very important fight um, because November 20th, you know, winning this fight is going to push me up the world rankings, and I'll be in a position um, to fight to fight for the featherweight world title. You know, and I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yes, the former World Boxing Organization Super Bantamweight Champion Isaac Royal Storm Dugby will make his second ring appearance this year against Puerto Rico's Christopher Diaz in Las Vegas tomorrow. Dugby is looking to make it three wins on the trot since returning from his two consecutive defeats to Emmanuel Navarrete in July 2020. Diaz will fight for a second time this year since losing to Imano Navarrete in the WBO Featherweight Championship last April. The Puerto Rican has had inconsistent results with three wins and three defeats in the last six bouts. So, let's get a bit of perspective right now ahead of what should be a very good watch. Joining me with some analysis is my colleague Nathaniel Alto, who is, as always, on the Joy Sports Boxing Beats. Thank you very much, Nat, for your time on the show. Let's start with how important this fight is to both boxers. 
nobody can ever downplay the crucial nature of this bout for both boxers in the sense that you look at Isaac Dewey on one side and he is very, very hungry for that kind of success that he enjoyed previously as a world champion. In boxing, uh, the highest height obviously is, uh, you know, to become a world champion. Uh, the other side of it is also that um, after becoming a world champion, you need to maintain your status. And that's the reason why, for instance, uh, Azuma Nelson is held in very high esteem in the world of boxing because he was able to hold on to world championship for a decade. Now, what Isaac Dobe is looking for is that opportunity to to hold on to world championship status so that it seals his legacy in the sport and also, you know, helps him to um, improve on his marketability and, you know, uh, what he's able to draw when it comes to the numbers and uh, the eyeballs and also, most importantly, uh, the paycheck. So, clearly, this is a very, very big turn in his career. Every other day has its level of importance. He's done uh, great since uh, coming off the the loss, the second loss to Navarrete. And uh, he's been looking good. He uh, has improved. Uh, His last bout was a very big test for him in the sense that his opponent uh, staged a last-minute rally. He he stood it. He he withstood uh, the test. And that goes to, you know, give a very big, you know, indication that when the going gets tough, he will have the ability to to stand through all of it. Now, you take a look at Diaz as well. And uh, the highest height he's reached in his boxing career is to hold, uh, you know, uh, a minor WBO title, which is the North American version of the uh, WBO title. And that just goes to tell you that he hasn't been there before. And so he surely will be uh, hungry and, you know, his uh, levels of hunger would surely be higher because clearly he has never tasted it before and he is knocking on the doors very seriously. And so um, for them, this stage of their respective careers should be make or break because if you're going towards a certain direction in boxing, uh, especially towards world title uh, status, and uh, you lose the plot or you lose a bout, it goes to, you know, uh, bring you back. And we can draw immediate reference from Richard Comey and his journey towards, you know, the world title, where in one of his eliminated, he, one of his eliminators, he had to lose and he had to go back and, and win one or two more bouts before going for the main bout against Issa Shaniev, which got him the win. So um, it is as important as any other, uh, as any other bout, you know, so um, both boxers are going to bring their A game and this is where extra focus is needed. Nobody needs to drop focus for even a second because if you do, that is going to prove your undoing. And so this is a big deal for both boxers by every stretch of imagination. Well, that considering both boxers fell to Imano Navarrete, that's this kind of bout, you know, uh, become even closer than we thought. Well, in the international media, that is the subject. Everybody's talking about how close this is. I mean, you look at the records and you're looking at, uh, you know, an Isaac Dobe who's won, what, 22 bouts, lost two of them, and has had 15 knockouts out of his wins. Now, you look at Diaz, who has won, what, 23 bouts? Um, you know, has won 26 bouts, beg your pardon, lost uh, three of them, and has had 16 knockouts out of his wins. So, uh, almost similar records, uh, almost similar physical attributes in the ring. And so, this is going to be a very, very uh, close one indeed. Um, yes, they have that common characteristic of losing to uh, the very uh, powerful and the very dangerous uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. So this is where, uh, you know, one has to prove or one has to start breaking out of that shell and, and moving towards making a big claim for either of the titles in the weight division. And so um, this show will spark a lot of fun, especially considering the kind of big card that they are on. Well, now then, prediction time. Who wins for you and why? Let me lean towards Edogwe for the simple reason that he fended off 
a very, very tough last-minute challenge from the man Adam Lopez in his last bout. We all do remember what happened. Um, he was very much in control, I mean, for the better percentage of the bout. But the man Adam Lopez brought his uh, last-minute game on, his 11th hour firepower on, but Isaac Dugway was able to uh, fend it off. Now, um, that kind of ring character is something that always um, gets me to rate boxers differently. And so in this case, I would use that as a major premise to want to give Isaac Dugway a win in this bout. Guys, choosing to stay inside the pocket, exchange, punch for punch, blow for blow, rock them, sock them, robots. Isaac, Royal Storm, It's a majority decision. Thanks, Nat, for your time on the show as always. Nathaniel Atta with a box in there. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. And we're ready, and we are set for the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. It's round 19, it's lights out, away we go. Bottas gets away well ahead of Verstappen, but Verstappen is coming back at him. He's got Esteban Ocon on his sights. The two Frenchmen going to turn one together. They almost collide. And that by the briefest of margins. Ahead. Now, where does he point that Alpine to try and defend into Decido de Lago? He's not got DRS. Lewis Hamilton now has the checker flag in sight for his 101st win. Hamilton, against the odds, has come home to win the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. What a victory for Lewis Hamilton. He's not ready to loosen his grip on that championship trophy. Not just yet. And with three races to go, is it very much game on? Back at the top. Formula One next. And with three races left in the thrilling 2021 Formula One season, the sport heads to new territory this weekend. That's Qatar. Now the state is set to host the Grand Prix for the first time in F1 history. Red Bull's Max Verstappen looking for his first world title hold to 14-point lead as he aims to stop Mercedes Lewis Hamilton's winning a record-breaking eighth drivers' championship. Hamilton would have been boosted by winning Sunday Sao Paulo Grand Prix in Brazil just by two penalties. Formula One reporter Raymond Yawada joins me with some analysis ahead of the spectacle in Qatar. Thanks, Ray, for your time. Uh, you know what? Lewis Hamilton was at his beastly best in Brazil last weekend, closing in on Verstappen as the season winds down to its few or final races. How do you see the Brazil Grand Prix impacting the rest of the season's performances of the two title challengers? It looked like a weekend that was going to be very difficult for Mercedes. That DRS infringement coupled with the fact that they changed their engine and had to take a great penalty. It was going to be a very difficult weekend for them in Brazil. But you look at how Lewis Hamilton moved from 10th on the grid to finish 10.4 seconds ahead of Max Verstappen in that particular and, and, and trailing race. You could just tell that Mercedes had unlocked something. Mercedes had found something. And that's what they will need in the next few races to the end of the season. I think that's crucially for Lewis Hamilton. He got back to his best. He was able to chase down Max Verstappen. Verstappen and actually dominated Max Verstappen for pace. And that hasn't been the story all season. I think that for most parts of the season, we've seen the Red Bull chassis show a lot of pace, show a lot of power. And so, you know, for a circuit that rewards high down force, it was quite strange not to see Red Bull and Max Verstappen dominate that race. It clearly tells you that Mercedes have found a way to actually win on circuits that reward high down force. And so, crucially for most teams, it's always difficult to find a balance between going for pace or going for more downforce on circuits like this. And for circuits that reward high downforce, we always know that Red Bull always dominated. And so, for Mercedes to be coming in to make a huge statement like this, I think that uh, getting to the end of the season where we are definitely going to see a couple more um, circuits that require high downforce, you may just see that the wind is in the sail of Mercedes. The momentum seems to be with them. Uh, this win in Brazil certainly should present them with a the catalyst to soldier on or pound as far as you know hoping to win the championship is concerned i think that uh, lewis hamilton looked like he's back to his best and what would actually settle the scores this season would be down to individual errors from the drivers i think that that would be that would be very crucial and so um, next few races it will be interesting to see what happens but i think that the momentum is certainly with mercedes obviously i think we'll be taking a big note of that raymond but 
Brazil shook things up a little bit with uh, sprint qualifying on Saturday. It served its own drama with Hamilton's DRS wing issue. Exactly how much did you enjoy the sprint? And do you feel it provides for better competition amongst drivers? Without doubt, the F1 sprint has been interesting. We saw it introduced uh, at Silverstone. We moved to Monza. We had it there. And then to Brazil. And clearly, it actually served its purpose. It brought some, you know, drama to the competition as well. You look at the fact that that mini race also, you know, comes with its own challenges. It has its own dynamics, uh, especially when it comes to the, the, the rule bit, where cars initially would have set up for qualifying. But this time around, you don't have the luxury of setting up for qualifying because, you know, you'd have to set up to qualify from the F1 sprint and use the same engine tune-up to actually participate in the main race. That has been one of the key takeaways from there. And also, you look at the fact that drivers no longer had their normal three practice sessions where they had the P1 and the P2, and then the P3 was now going to be the qualifiers for the mini race, which is the F1 sprint. And so, you know, it had its own dynamics, and I think that, to be to be honest, it's been successful. I think that it was it was deployed very well. It was quite successful, and um, I, I, I figured out that um, Formula One are beginning to consider the option of having a lot more circuits have it next season. And so, we might see the introduction of uh, the F1 sprint at more venues, uh, but we may not see it at entirely all the uh, racing venues. I think that uh, because there definitely will be challenges in there. And so, I think that the F1 sprint came in at a good time. Uh, it's change the dynamic. I mean, it's it's moved away from, you know, business as usual to something different, something unique. And I think that that innovation from F1 has served its purpose. And I think that it's been hugely successful. And uh, next season, we might see a few more uh, F1 sprints being introduced. I think so far, F1 sprints has been exciting. Raymond, we know that the F1 heads the car, of course, for the first time. And the Arab state poses a new challenge to every driver. And of course, I guess the title hopes. A track which setting sections of dirt and sand would definitely affect grip. This won't be the first time these drivers will be trying out the new circuit for the first time. But do you see what the defining characteristics of the Lucille circuit affecting this race? Well, in Qatar this weekend, it's going to be very difficult because the Lucille circuit definitely comes with its own challenges. Uh, this is a circuit that requires high downforce, rewards high downforce. Um, it's a very, very fast circuit. And also, it has a technical middle sector uh, that makes it quite difficult for overtaking to be possible. And so, you know, it's one of those circuits that a lot of teams would want to use practice one, practice two, practice three, to study every single minute on the circuit would count because that's the only way you can actually devise a proper strategy that can help you be in the race on Sunday. And so, you know, one of those races where time management would be crucial because your tie wear strategy would have to be spot on. It means that a lot of teams would have to pay attention to what compounds they use on, on race day. And so, this is one of those races that would be very difficult to call because all drivers are getting onto a circuit that's not familiar with them, familiar to them. And so, um, one of those circuits, I would say, depending on what happens in practice, a lot of teams will now decide how they are going to set up for the race. And so, for me, I think that the new circuit is going to be a challenge, but for the drivers on the grid, a lot of them do have experience of driving on circuits um, that are actually taking part in their inaugural, inaugural races. And so uh, I still think that it's going to be one of those very tricky weekends where we might see the safety car on very early because it's just going to be a very big challenge. And until the drivers get hold of the circuit in the next few years, I still think that this Qatar-Lucille circuit would be a very difficult one, a very tricky one for Formula 1 drivers this weekend. Raymond, in an ascending order, which drivers or which three drivers do you tip for podium finishes and between Ferrari and McLaren who are you picking to have a better weekend? It's going to be a very close weekend to call. It's one of those races that could be very tricky, could be very dicey, but you won't put it past Lewis Hamilton with the momentum that he has. After winning in Brazil, I think that he definitely would want to go in there and make a statement in this race as well. For Red Bull, I think that they would have to go back to the drawing board and check out what they can fix, what they can sort out, especially when it comes to their pace. Once they are able to sort that out, you can expect Max Verstappen to be in the running. But let's not forget that one DNF could be the end for uh, both drivers as far as their title aspirations are concerned. At this point, every second counts, every detail counts. And so I think that we should not see um, any driver 
apart from Lewis Hamilton win this weekend, to actually uh, make a strong case for himself that he wants to win his eighth. And I think that Max Verstappen on this day should be able to finish second. Uh, Valtteri Bottas also showed a lot of promise in Brazil, and so I'm expecting him to also uh, be on that podium. For Ferrari and McLaren, it's quite an interesting battle because you look at that leaderboard when it comes to the Constructors Series, and you see 31 points between Ferrari and McLaren. And even in the Drivers' Championship, you can see uh, Lando Norris, Lando Norris, sorry, uh, leading uh, Leclerc by just three points. Uh, and that clearly tells you that it's going to be a very interesting weekend. But Ferrari have shown a bit of consistency in Mexico. Leclerc finished it. Uh, Science finished it. In Brazil, Leclerc finished fifth. Science finished it. Uh, clearly displacing um, the McLaren drivers. And so it's, it's going to be very interesting. I think that Ferrari have shown some consistency. And I see them finishing ahead of uh, McLaren this weekend because uh, something seems to work in for them. Uh, they, after changing their engine, have had a lot of pace. They've actually added a lot of downforce as well. And so I think that Ferrari should finish ahead of McLaren this weekend. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a very, very, very difficult weekend. And George, don't be surprised if none of the people we are talking about win the race. It could just be an outsider who could win this one because it's quite a tricky circuit. All drivers are going to be on in Qatar. Well, that's Raymond Yamadou. Thank you very much for your time, as always, uh, bringing us the Formula One analysis. There's definitely more to come on our show. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Ghana Premier League next. Right through whistles, Keita! It's a goal! Nabi Keita has put up the goal. A lovely try, beautiful goal. Great goal by Aketa. Run over, loops the ball into the area, heads the ball! Akumasi has got to go on the first goal! The Pokemon Warriors draw first blood! It's all like the game with an opportunity! Avoid with the ball then, he hits a lovely cross above everybody. Ball clears the post and the phobia bad cries out loud. They have got the goal. Carilla trying to move men forward. Here we see Taylor. This can be dangerous. Carilla! Makati! Brilliant goal from Abia Makati and he's brought the minus back to level 10. What a game we're seeing here. The away fans to my left, to my right. Uh, Really, really, it at the moment. Yes, the Premier League will be four weeks old this weekend, and already the number of managerial casualties keep rising. Brickham, Chelsea, Midyama, Essie, and Ashanti Gold are all in search of new managers ahead of the coming weekend. Ashanti Kotoko are flying high. Yes, they've won all three games. Accra Hartsville are in bad need of wins. They're still looking for their first win of the season. Kevaisal are surprising everyone, you know, where they stand with the goals and the points. And the newcomers are coping at best. My colleague, Noah Adams, joins me on the lines right now as we begin to look forward to a special, special weekend. Noah, thank you very much for your time on the show. Uh, look, are clubs in such a haste, or truly the performance of Ignatius Fosu and the Thompson and coach Abdul Hinan, you know, of the three clubs, of course, Rickham Chelsea, Midyama Essie and Ashanti Gold, that poor to have deserved the sack? Uh, well, George, for Ashgold sacking Ernest Thompson Kwate, um, it's it quite shocking. Um, I didn't expect it, but for a club that used about six coaches to finish last season, uh, you wouldn't be surprised to hear uh, this kind of news coming from their camp. Um, as good, they don't know the ambition, the lost focus. I don't know the direction of the club. I just don't understand them. Interference here and there from the club president and other other top hierarchy. I, I just I just don't get it. It's 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 just disturbing and it's quite dis- disappointing and embarrassing that Ashgood is being run this way. Um Ernest Thompson, we all saw the kind of job he did he did with Ebusandros last season. Even when Ebusandros players had to play through hunger, they were playing very good football. It was just unfortunate that the fans of drafts um, let the, the, the team down. Maybe they could have avoided relegation. But Ernest Thompson is a very good coach. He needed some time to make sure um, he turned things around at Ashgood. Four points out of four, possible nine points wasn't that bad. I'm winning away to 11 wonders, drawing at home with Carola United, and then 
losing to Kinfesa, which we all know Kinfesa are in top form. So um, I, I never expected it. But Fajgu, a team that used about six coaches last season, and this kind of news um, shouldn't shouldn't be um, a surprise at all. For Ignatius, I don't. I think um, his his um, his departure from Mediama Sporting Club is probably the the kind of results they've, they've gotten. But two points from possible nine. Um, Moses Parker, who is the president of the club, and the club feels maybe um, he could have done better. But I think three games just into the season and seeing this kind of seconds. Um, it's, it's not just healthy. I, I believe maybe they could have waited for um, after five matches. That's where we, we can see whether the coaches are good or bad. And the coach also to um, second their coach, um, Abdul Hanan, I'm, I'm not surprised. They, they've been looking for a head coach, and the news was that um, they were about employing uh, Ghanaian international coach Moses Kofi, who has um, won league and the FA Cup in Burkina Faso with Rahimo FC. So when the news came, I, I, I knew Abdul Hanan wasn't safe to be the head coach of Brooklyn Chelsea. So I'm not surprised about that one too. But generally, just three matches, seeing three casualties, um, I think we are in for a long, a long, a long season. Many coaches will, will suffer the same fate as the results go by or comes back. No, we need to talk about the defending champions, Accra Hartsville. They're still winless in three games, and they have to play against the Shanty Guild. I bet you are going to be at the Boisil and Clay Stadium to watch that, and there's definitely going to be an update from him on the sports arena. Uh, what is going to mess though for Samo Buedu and his men, and can this weekend be the one? Um, well, <laughs> um, it's going to be an interesting game at the Lincoln Stadium. Hartsville are still chasing for their first win in the season. Um, many People even think um, some of them will need some hands um, at, at, at the duckout. Um, they, people are thinking maybe Hassel Folk could, could get him a technical director or something. But I think as defending champions and then getting three points out of possible nine, it's, it's way, way below um, hopeful that um, Hassel Folk can go ahead and defend their their league title. But last season, it was same. They didn't start quite well, but in the, at the end of the season, they were able to win the league. Comparing them to the arbitrary for Asante Kotoko, that's where you realize maybe Asante Kotoko are giving them a gap that would take some effort before they can they can catch up with Kumasa Asante Kotoko. So as of all, we need to get that win in Obwase to turn things around, but it's not going to come easy. Um, as good, having sat um, their coach their, their Thompson Kwate, um, they will also want to um, prove a point that yes, uh, the coach was a problem. So, uh, why not win this game and then prove that we can do it without Ernest Thompson Kwate? It's not going to be an easy game. As good, has to folk are always tough, tough games. I think last season, um, in about three meetings, has to folk managed one win that was penalties in the FA Cup final. It was 2-2 in Accra and then 1-0 in Fazgood in Obwasi. So, House of Folk are aware of the task ahead. Um, House of Folk will need this one, to be honest with you. Because the next week, is Calf Confederation Cup against JSRA. So, anything short of win um, is going to demoralize the team. And I think uh, it's not going to be the best of results for the players ahead of the Calf Confederation Cup. But it's, it is not going to come easy. Um, I, I want to see something different from Ice Gold um, because um, they were abysmal against Carolina United. They were so poor against King Fisher. So um, if these, they are going to replicate same form against Hasofuk, then maybe Hasofuk will, will get a day. But I, 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 I don't think it's going to be an easy game for the two teams. We are in for a tough, a tough, tough, tough game. Well, no, it's Ken Faisal enjoying life at the top of the table, much to the surprise of everyone. This is a side that really struggled and were on the cusp of a relegation last season. But how good have they been? Um, King Faisal have been so good. Um, they did very good preseason. Um, they lost some of the matches. They won some of them. They drew some of them. Um, a lot of people were writing them off and all that. But 
they've started quite well. Nine points out of nine. Hundred percent record. That's amazing. I think they've added one or two things to their technical team, which is working for them. They now have a video analyst who analyzes op- uh, opponents um, before every game. So they've been able to know the weaknesses and strength of the teams and then they, they exploit on the weakness of the opponent and then make sure they get the win. Um, getting 3-1 win in Doma and a 2-0 win over good is no fluke. Kifisa are in the form of their life. But let's talk about their coach, um, Nuri Namadu. I think since he took over the, the team, he, he has lost only once. And and that's quite amazing. About I think it's about 10 games, one defeat. But the last nine matches in the Ghana Premier League, Kifisa have not lost. They've won six and drawn three. So three wins out of three in the new season shouldn't be anything to, to go by. We have to give credit to Kifisa. And I think their game against Bekum Chelsea, we are going to see more from them. I think they stand, they stand a better chance of getting another respectable scoreline from Bekum. So the special games to come, as always, in the Ghana Premier League, up to nine games to save uh, starting on Friday, we had a game uh, the earlier today. But can you tell me about the top three games you are chasing and why you are interested in these storylines? My top three games, obviously, Ashgold has to forget the Boston Clay Stadium. It's, it's top of the week. Um, and I've, I've spoken um, more about this game. Um, the other game is Asante Kotoko in the Mondays at the Babaya Sports Stadium. Asante Kotoko are in flamboyant form. Three wins out of win, 100% record, top of the league. So um, they are not leaving any stone on tent. They, 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 they are going in for another win against 11 owners. I know our champion and his, his boys are also um, looking for their first win of the season. They, they lost at home um, in the opening. They, they, they were able to get a draw from the coup and they got another draw against Mediama. Um, I know our champion is one of the coaches who, who defends so well. So I know um, to be able to break them, you have to double up, double up effort before you can you can do that. So um, we are we are going to see a cracking game on Saturday evening at the Bavaria Sports Stadium. But Masas and Tokotoko are favourite on paper. Every, everything is favouring them. They have a very good record against Eleven. So surely Asante Kotoko can get um, that that needed win in that game. Um, the other one too is Mediama SC Carola, which is a derby. Um, it's a derby because Mediama had their route from from Enzema, and Carola is also coming from Enzema. So um, that's that's going to be an interesting game. And I think last season we also um, that what happened between them when they faced um, in the FA Cup, um, crowd troubles and all that. But I think. They've been able to to come to a compromise that football is, is a game of chance. Um, football is a game of fun. Um, so they are, they are going to enjoy a very beautiful game on Sunday. But Mediama looking for their first win of the season. Carola, they haven't fared very bad. I think they are, they are unbeaten in the league. So it's making things very difficult for, for Mediama. But I think Mediama, they should be able to, to get this one right and then get the, the, the needed win. Um, they are doing it without head coach Ignacio Sosin for sure. So I think maybe we are going to see something different from Mediama on Sunday. Thanks, Nehu, for your time on the show as always. There's more in terms of the Ghana Premier League as we check out the rest of match day four games scheduled for the weekend. My colleague Harina Mubarak has got the lowdown of the games. Asante Kotoko will battle 11 wonders at the Babayara Stadium. The Porcupines have a chance to further extend their stay at the summit of the table. 11 wonders know the task ahead facing the table toppers in Kumasi. The Tishiman-based outfit are yet to score a goal so far in the current campaign. The Chiefs are down in the camp of Hearts of Oak, but the defending champions can lessen the worry should they pick their first win of the season when they travel to Obuasi to face Ashanti Gold at the Lenclay Stadium. The Miners have four points while the Phobians 
have collected three for a possible nine. Captain of the Phobians, Mohamed Al-Hassan, is suspended after receiving a red card in the previous game against Adriana Stars. Ashanti Gold also have issues to worry about as they are managerless following the sacking of Ernest Thompson as the coach of the club. Another club without a manager is Mediama Sporting Club. They currently occupy the 12th position with two points. Assistant coach Umar Abdul Rabi will take temporary charge of the team and will be in the dugout when they take on Karola United in the Western Derby on Sunday. After comfortably beating Wafa in Tamale, Real Tamale United now have a daunting task of traveling to lock horns with Ediana Stars at the Ajimambedu Park. Great Olympics, the most informed team in Accra, want to continue their fine form against Dreams FC at the Nations Wembley. Coach Anna Walker has all his charges available for the encounter without any major injuries. With the World Cup qualifiers over, Black Stars attacker Fatou Isahaku is expected to be back for Dreams FC to help them sweep aside the Wonder Club. Elsewhere in the capital, Accra Lions entertain Bechem United, desperately looking forward to claiming their first three points in the current campaign. In Cape Coast, Elmina Sharks welcome BBN Gold Stars at the Indum Stadium in search of their first win of the season. And at the Sogakope Park, winless Wafa play host to Legon Cities. Now it's Harina Mubarak uh, with the games. Of course, remember on the sports arena, we're going to be giving you the updates. Very important uh, on Sunday, whilst we go through it side by side with the English Premier League game we're bringing you. And it's definitely time now on our show to move into the European football bit. So much this week already about World Cup qualifiers and whether a penalty was or wasn't. We'll wait for FIFA's instruction and FIFA's um, decision on whatever they're going to be doing with respect to the Ghana-South Africa World Cup qualifier. But it's now time for club football and everybody is soaking their heads in. You know what? The English Premier League first, definitely. And the Joy Sports BBC Two-Way Series, as always. Today, there's Ojo and Bennett. I had a great chat with the BBC Sojo Saka. Enjoy this. Thanks, Sergio, for your time on the show. And there's no better place to begin than the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Sergio, you know what? Italy and Portugal both failed to win and seal automatic qualification to Qatar next year. And now we'll have to go through the playoffs to make the finals. <laughs> the draw for the playoffs isn't till later in December. But with Italy seemingly far from their best, are there any odds of them missing the World Cup again? Yes, George, I think Italy are in a bit of a bother, aren't they, getting into the playoffs? Uh, uh, European champions, and they fail to qualify for the World Cup automatically. Look, I don't think there's major... Uh, worry for Italy not getting to the World Cup. I mean, yes, they failed to qualify automatically, but they didn't lose those games. It was the draws which really cost them. And the thing is, Italy are recently broke the world record for the number of games unbeaten, and they're generally very difficult to beat. So even if they don't score, uh, they don't concede many goals. So I think in playoffs, and we'll see what the draw brings in a few weeks' time and who they get, but I think they're easily got enough to get through a semi-final uh, and a final and, and, and to get through. I suppose the only danger is if they draw a game and they lose to somebody on penalties. But uh, I think Italy have got enough to get to the World Cup, no problem. And I would say the same with Portugal. Yes, they messed it up and conceded a couple of goals uh, against Serbia right in the last... Uh, uh, at the end there. But uh, Portugal have so much talent, so many... Uh, players, not just Cristiano Ronaldo, but others playing uh, in the top leagues and so many in the Premier League as well. I think Portugal and Italy will both uh, both get through when the um, playoffs uh, roll around. Sergio, what has been your impression on Abi about the African qualifiers uh, for the showpiece? Exactly what did you make of the Ghana-South Africa showdown? Uh, have you got any personal views on that penalty decision that decided the game? Yes, that match between Ghana and South Africa has just caused so much controversy, hasn't it? Uh, that 1-0 win for Ghana 
putting them through into the last stage of the Africa World Cup qualifiers into the playoffs and South Africa out. And of course, they've, they've, they've uh, appealed that decision. We'll see what uh, the officials say about that. Uh, regarding that, that really controversial penalty, I've got to say, as a complete neutral, I did think it was a very, very soft penalty, very fortuitous for Ghana to get that. However, I would say just before that, uh, that penalty incident, Andre Ayew went down the right wing and was taken down. Uh, and I thought that was more of a penalty shout than the actual penalty that was given, um, which is interesting. But... Um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, but I don't think at the end of the day Ghana will care if they get through the playoffs and get to Qatar next year. Um, but, but yes, I can understand the, the, the controversy that everybody's talking about. Well, the English Premier League returns this weekend with exciting fixtures, but there have been quite a number of managerial appointments. Now, the big one is the Liverpool legend, Steven Gerrard, taking charge of Aston Villa, Eddie Howe. Uh, to Newcastle and Norwich have a new man as well. What are your expectations of each manager? Yes, lots of new managers in the Premier League this weekend. Steven Gerrard taking over at Aston Villa is obviously blockbuster. I mean, he was such an incredible player for Liverpool, former England captain as well. He's done a terrific job at Glasgow Rangers over the past three years, taking them to their first Scottish League title in 10 years. Um, I guess the job at Aston Villa was just too much to resist for Steven Gerrard. Um, he opens up at home against Brighton. It won't be an easy game, but Steven Gerrard, I think, will have certainly uh, a, a positive impact on the Villa dressing room. Uh, they, they're 16th in the table. Y you do expect them over the next few months to climb up further up the table. We'll see. Eddie Howe comes in at Newcastle. He's the first appointment of the new rich Saudi-backed ownership at Newcastle United. Uh, he's got a tough job to save them from relegation. It'll depend on how many players they bring in in the January transfer window. But uh, Eddie Howe uh, starts his campaign against Brentford at home. And Norwich have Dean Smith, who has just been sacked by Aston Villa. And uh, I think Dean Smith will be very motivated to, to show that Aston Villa were wrong to sack him. Uh, he'll be motivated, but Norwich concede a lot of goals, so we'll see whether they can um, he can shore up that defence. But uh, uh, we, we'll see. I mean, Norwich might take a bit of time again to 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 to, to get stable. They're they're five points off the relegation uh, zone. So again, Dean Smith will will have done really well if he saves them from relegation this season. So the Chelsea went into the second consecutive international break sitting on top of the table. And they return to face Leicester City. Is it back to business for Tuchel and the Blues, or do you foresee problems in London? I don't see any problems for Chelsea at all. I think Chelsea, in my personal opinion, are the favourites to win the Premier League. They just are so solid at the back. Thomas Tuchel is a very canny manager. They're super confident from having won the Champions League last year. And I think they will take some stopping to win the Premier League. I know uh, Manchester City have a big squad, but Chelsea have so many players that they can withstand the injuries that, that come from an intensive Premier League season. Uh, I fully expect them to go and win at Leicester. Leicester are not playing particularly well at the moment. Uh, and, I ex and, they, and they play first thing on a Saturday uh, before everyone else. And I expect them to be six points top of the Premier League by the time everybody else kicks off. Sergio, we have to talk about Manchester United, yes. Uh... Olegan Social really needed that break. He's back and hoping to bang in. The international break actually came at the right time for the Red Devils, shifting focus away from Ole, but they have to travel to Watford uh, as the Premier League returns this weekend. Now we have to look beyond the results because Van der Beek has been struggling for game time since his arrival. What do you reckon the challenge is for the Dutch international or the club? Is it a lack of trust from the manager, simply? Yeah, Manchester United are still in a sticky situation. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been away for a couple of weeks uh, in Norway with his family to get away from the pressure. Um, but they will they, they they will they will have a tricky trip away to to Watford. Um, Donny van der Beek does he trust Donny van der Beek? No, I don't think he does because I think he has got into this pattern of playing Fred and Scott McTominay in the pivot, in the holding roles in midfield. 
uh, as a security blanket so he can let his forward players and all talented forward players like Cristiano Ronaldo, Marcus Rashford, uh, Bruno Fernandes and so on do their thing and score lots of goals. Um, he doesn't trust Donny van der Beek, but I think if he's ever going to play Donny van der Beek, now is the chance to play him because Paul Pogba's picked up an injury. Uh, you know, the noises coming from noise, Old Trafford suggests that he's not going to play. Uh, Paul Pogba won't be ready to play until the new year. So if Donny van der Beek is ever going to have a chance at Manchester United to impress, now now's the time. Sergio Arsenal, after a very poor start, are two points off the top four. Now the results are coming in and doing and very good for them. Ateta has got them to play some nice football, of course. And uh, the form of Smith Rowe is also a plus for the Gunners. Now, what has changed in a short while? And do you see Arsenal's streak going any further? Of course, they play against Liverpool later. Yes, Arsenal have done unbelievably well over the last uh, uh, 10 games. They're unbeaten in 10 after a really poor start to the Premier League season. Unbeaten in 10 games across uh, league and cup. Um, I think what's changed is confidence. They've also got some players back. Thomas Party is a big plus for uh, for, for Arsenal. Uh, uh, the, the party, the Thomas Party party, uh, continues there. And. Um, they have got Emil Smith-Rowe in terrific form. He got his first England call-up over the past week, so he's another confident player as well. I think they've got a very good chance of taking some points away from Anfield because they go to Liverpool this weekend. Uh, Liverpool have got some injury problems. So uh, I think Arsenal's fortunes have turned and um, they're, going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be pretty, pretty competitive over the next uh, couple of months. Thank you very much, Sojo Saka, for your time on the show. And that was Sojo Saka, the BBC correspondent, joining us today for the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. There are other games to come, and I'll just run them by you before you go, because I know you really need to pick it out there for the football investors. I guess this will be very important. Uh, in the English Premier League title leaders, Chelsea travel to the Kim Power Stadium to face Leicester City. Now, Liverpool face Arsenal. They said Manchester City up against Everton at Etihad in Spain. Uh, title holders, Atletico Madrid are up against Osasuna, the Wanda Metropolitano. Xavi's Barcelona will play against Espanyol in the little local vendetta. They are the Camp Nou. And Real Madrid travel to Granada. That's another game you want to check out there in the Spanish La Liga. Let's talk about the German Bundes, I mean the German Bundesliga. And Bayern Munich will host Augsburg. Dortmund are up against uh, VFB Stuttgart. Uh, AC Milan in Italy will travel away to Fiorentina. Mauricio Sarri's Lazio will face Allegri's Juventus and of course the final game for you to keep your taps on Inter Milan up against Napoli and Marina's Roma will be up against Genoa that's about it for our show hopefully you have a very good weekend remember we've got a lot of shows right here for you beginning with a sports review with heavy focus on the action that took place in Egypt between Azakis and Mamelodi Sandals on the Maiden Cup Women's Champions League you want to check us uh, there on Saturday that's uh, 7am on the Joy News channel and then later in the afternoon, we've got a sports link for you on Joy 99.7 FM. That starts at 12.15. Uh, we've also got scoreboard for you. Scoreboard on the Joy News channel at uh, 7 p.m. from 7.30 p.m. all the way till 8 for you. On Sunday, there's a sports arena, English Premier League delight, Ghana Premier League delight. And we go up the way till Monday. That's it for our show then. My name is George Adder Jr. Till we meet next week, have a lovely, lovely time. Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. Joy 99.7 FM.